Welcome to the AM Coffee Podcast, where we talk to fascinating people whose stories you won't hear on the evening news. Now, here's your host. All right, thanks, Joe, and welcome again to AM Coffee. And today we are continuing our series on health, and we're going to veer into a little bit of a different lane today. It's about shaving. And you might say, what's that got to do with health? But I read something today that there have been some shaving-related deaths in the U.S. Uh, There's been problems with uh, contaminated brushes with anthrax, and it goes on to uh, contracting tetanus from a neck on the neck with a maybe-not-so-clean razor. Um, Which brings me to my special guest today, Douglas Smythe. How are you this morning? Afternoon, whatever it is. I'm today. good, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still morning for me for another 15 minutes. So yes, yes. He is on the West Coast. <laughs> I'm on the East Coast. So uh, he's been featured in Forbes magazine, Modern Vintage magazine, and Cigar and Spirits magazine. He's also the owner and founder of PhoenixShaving.com. Um, all kinds of neat products on there. He's also the co-host of a YouTube channel called I'd Lather Be Shaving. That's L Lather Be Shaving, which is Fantastic. If you look at his websites, he really has a lot of uh, fun wordplay on this. Um, but, you know, that's been kind of uh, set on hiatus for a little while because of COVID and everything. Uh, he also has a shaving tutorial online called HowToWetShave.com. And finally, he is the organizer of the Big Shave Southwest, which is a yearly shave festival. But you didn't know there was one of those held each year uh, out there in Arizona. So uh, good to have you with me. I'm glad you're here. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah. So um, you were first introduced, just like most of us, to traditional shaving as a child, watching dad. Uh, and my, that's how I taught my son, too, which, you know, I, I, I have I have a grandmother who's Native American, so we don't have a lot of hair. I've got a little stubble. <laughs> so it's like I could I could shave with, uh, you know, with the bottom of a flip flop and it would be OK. Um, <laughs> But, but uh, you know, people who are who have really nice beards like yours, it's like I, I, there's there's a there's a little bit more of a challenge there. Um, so, tell me about how you first saw your dad shaving and how all that worked out. Well, you know, for our generation, our generation was probably the last I feel like to be taught by their dad how to shave. I think most guys kind of just mosey their way on into it. Yeah. Uh, often sent a razor, like a safety razor in the mail. I know Gillette's been doing that for the last 30 years. You turn 18, suddenly a razor shows up in your mailbox from registering with the civil Hmm. service. Yeah. Do you, did you get one of those? No, no. I don't think my son did either. Yeah. Yeah. It did. I got one. I got one for sure. But, uh, and I was like, how did they know? How did they know? And yeah, Yeah. I I think we traced it back to the civil service, but um, so most guys, yeah, they see the commercials, but they've never really taught the proper way to shave. I was lucky enough that my dad, uh, well, taught me. Um, he used to use safety razors, traditional safety razors that he inherited from his dad uh, on the weekends when he was home from work. And he would set, you know, set me up on a little stepping stool next to him at the sink. He'd give me one of the razors, you know, without the blade inside, mm-hmm. lather me up with the brush and soap. And uh, he would just, you know, I don't even, I don't even know if he was really adjusting my hands or not. He was just shaving and I was just having fun next to him. And right. uh, that's how it began. Um, you know, of course, as I got older, I, you know, went to the, went with the cartridge razor too, as everyone else did my age, mm-hmm. but those first lessons or first, uh, the, the first introduction to the traditional form of shaving really stuck with me. In fact, even though I was using a cartridge razor, I was actually using a brush and soap puck rather than goo in a can, like most of my, oh, wow. my peers were at the time. Yeah. So he's a little bit of a traditionalist too, then your dad was. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's how he grew up. You know, I mean, yeah. he, he was born in the, the late 30s. So, I mean, he grew up with that was the, that was your only option until that's early they 1970s. They didn't have cartridge razors or multi-blade razors that you were using a safety razor. Right. Right. Now, back then, didn't they kind of screw from the bottom and it kind of opened up at the top? I think that that's was- one. That's a, a butterfly razor. It's got the silo doors on top. So you yeah. unscrew the handle and it opens up to accept the blade. Yeah, those yeah. are that's another type of safety razor. There's also the three piece design where you just unscrew the handle and the top cap and the bottom cap uh, come apart and you put the okay. blade in there and put the handle back on. I prefer those actually more I than I was going to say, I think I, that's, that's the ones I've seen in, on your website. I think, yeah. Yes, I, I did sell some butterflies in the past, but I really I feel like a phony when I do. I don't really believe in them. I find the heads to be too clunky and, uh, yeah. and clumsy, almost and difficult under the nose. So it's something I personally don't use myself. However, that's typically what attracts most people to safety razors is the gadgetry of those silo yeah. doors and whatnot. They see that work and they're like, oh, what's that? So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that was kind of neat. <laughs> I remember I had a plastic yeah. one. I don't know whether where my parents got one, but that that's how I... I, I would sit there with my dad. Same thing. When you said that, I yeah. remember that little plastic. It was a little green, I think, plastic razor. I would pretend to shave. He would put. Oh, the, it was a toy. It was a toy. Yeah, it was a toy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I, I think I had uh, some type of kit like that when I was for the tub. You know. I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the tub. That was what every, yeah. every every grandmother or aunt gotcha. Yeah, I think back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, now you created a perfume at age eight. Yes, with my chemistry set. I you know, I was also that? creating bombs, you know, so I still have my man card. But yeah, <laughs> it's just one of the recipes. And you know, back then, actually, they probably don't sell chemistry sets anymore, but back then they would send you, you know, you get the chemistry set, all, you know, all these chemicals that you probably shouldn't be giving to kids anymore, and yeah. a, a recipe book pretty much. And one of the recipes was for perfume. So I actually was exposed to perfume making at, at a very young age, eight or nine years old, uh, created a rose perfume for my mother with roses in the backyard. And uh, she still has it to this day, if that tells you about the quality of what I made. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know how it smells actually, but I've seen it in the, in her collection. I'm like, oh, she still has that. That's but, um, so cool. Yeah. So that was my first, uh, first time with it. And here I am still doing it today. That's that's awesome. I did, yeah, I remember having the chemistry set, but I don't remember, I don't remember making anything. I, I just don't think it was anything that interested me. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You well, you know, a little was... more smart. I was a little bit of a dumb kid. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm doing this stuff in the backyard, anyways. I'm I wouldn't let me use it in the house. So I wouldn't blow up anything. Oh, of course. And so the rose bushes are there. You know, it wouldn't have been too. I, I try to recreate that moment because I don't know how I I came to that as well. But it must have been like rose bushes. Chemistry set, the picnic table, you know. It all worked out. What's yeah. at hand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so after you uh, you got through with college, you ended up moving to Central America. What what uh, yes. what caused that? Um, That's kind of a dream of mine. I'd like to move. I, you know, I, it's funny. I, I think people thought I was having a breakdown or something like that, but I just wanted to get away. You know, I, I'd been in uh, a professional musician too at that time, and I was in a lot of bands and uh, caught up in all that. So I really needed, I was just, I needed a break from all the madness and had enough savings. I was like, you know what? I'm going to cut out of here for a bit. And uh, well, actually, I really had no plan. I moved down to Central America, not knowing the language, not knowing anybody. And I lived in the hammock in the rainforest for um, four years. I will say uh, the first two years was definitely just that. The last two years, I also created the graphic design business down there to you know, fund my, my, my livelihood. Uh, okay. But yeah, it was pretty much... Uh, like Gilligan's Isle, the first first couple of years there. 
But, you know, that's kind of fun, though. You kind of be off the grid, especially nowadays. It would be a big transition. Oh, it was, and this is in the early 2000s. So, I mean, like, I really, I didn't have a cell phone. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't paying for heating back home. I wasn't paying for my car. Not, you know, it was just in the moment. Uh, whatever I needed yeah. was right there. You could really just, you know, downsize your life. It was a higher quality of life with less at hand. And I became like the professor of Gellings Isle to a certain extent where I was like, building stuff out of trash that would wash up on the beaches, like washing machines and all types of, I was building all types of stuff. They would, they called me, uh, they call me the professora, uh, gringo especial. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> there they, you go. the locals love to watch me do it. And, uh, in fact, that's how the business began. I, I created, um, well, I found myself getting bit by sand fleas in between the hours of like five and 6 PM every night during sunset. And, uh, there was nothing to treat the bites with, and it was getting pretty bad. So I was, you know, there's no, uh, after bite type solution. So I had to create my own and I, with all the chemicals and essential oils that were available to me in the pharmacias down there, I, I concocted something with, I was jokingly calling it's no mas. Um, <laughs> and it worked, it worked so well that even the locals and other tourists were like knocking on my tent flap, trying to get some. And I, you know, jokingly swinging my hammock, I thought, you know, if I ever made it back to the United States, I would sell this stuff. And, uh, you know, four years later, and I didn't think anything of it after that, but four years later, I found myself back in the United States selling the stuff and um, shipping it down to Central America where it took off with the tourists traveling through, as well as I made this other product called Stinknomas. Um, it was like a sister product and it was an emergency deodorant slash insect repellent. So as you sweat, it activated the oils ah. into the air, the Volta oils that would actually keep the bugs away. And that actually did better than uh, Ichnomas. But the only thing is I was eating a lot of the shipping. So I was like, you know, I need to find something to do up in the States now. Right. And I turned my you know, attention to one of my hobbies, which was uh, sh safety razor, traditional shaving, and created my own shaving soap, which kind of came more out of necessity for myself rather than trying to find a, a product to sell. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Bay Rum. I've always worn it. It's like my signature scent. And in traditional shaving at the time, there were no Bay Rum shaving soaps, and I really wanted one. You know, I had the cologne, but no shaving soap to pair with it. So I made my own and I was writing for a different, couple of different grooming blogs at the time. And I sent each one of these people that ran these blogs samples of my soap, just, you know, as a present, as a gift, not that's it innocently enough, but they'd come back at me like, when's this going to go on sale? When are you going to start selling this? And I was like, Oh, I had never even thought about that. And at that time, you know, I just got back to the States. And when I returned, I came back to this Etsy world where suddenly everything's a cottage industry, everything's so much easier, the playing field's been leveled for everybody right. to make their own products, to really just follow through with these ideas that you've always had growing up. You know, you how many times are you and your buddies like, we should totally invent this? You couldn't, you couldn't, <laughs> there was no way to do it. Way. <laughs> yeah, but now you can actually do that. And uh, I, well, I, mean, I was a little doubtful at first, but one thing after another, it just took off. Granted, I, I was working on a blog too called howtogrowmustache.com. Uh, I was selling mustache waxes to go with that, uh, to bring people back to the website more than anything. And uh, writing three articles a day. Um, I started a podcast called Mustache and Blade. And I'd actually listened to podcasts about podcasting for a year before I started the podcast. I bought every book on the subject. So I was really like educated, well-educated before I began my podcast. And back sure. then it wasn't like this, like it wasn't just yeah. push button. We, I had the soundboard and everything. It was just crazy. <laughs> the kids have it so easy nowadays. But uh, 
So I worked my butt off, but knowing this is what I wanted to do, you know, it's something to do with male grooming, getting the word out there. And lo and behold, here I am 10 years later, still doing it. And uh, with our own company, our own facility, our own lab, employees, so on and so forth. So it's, we were in the right place at the right time, I guess. I guess so. Now, when you were first starting out, did you, uh, did you have another day job while you were developing all this stuff? I did. I did. Yeah. I was doing marketing for, um, for um, a couple shops in a college town. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering, it's like, you had to have been busy. <laughs> I was seems... very busy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but the thing is I, I, you know, back in the day we would have, we would have said ADD or ADHD. That was like the, the buzzwords yeah. when we were growing up. I don't necessarily believe in that anymore. I just think there's a bunch of different types of people and hyperactive yeah. people are just one of the other people on the planet. And um, so I need to be busy all the time. So if I could only just align that all with the same, you know, focus uh, it would it would work to my advantage and it has <laughs> yeah yeah see i think a lot of that if you you can have add and still be a little ocd at the same time where you where everything is organized you know that yeah that's no you're right i think it's a lot like you know when they you're uh you're clinically def- defined as one of uh, some of these things it's a lot like astrology where you're not really one of one thing or not one of the other thing. You're a little mix right. of all these different things. And like, yeah. it has to do with the individual. I personally, yeah, again, it worked for me. I've managed to combine everything I love and enjoy in life into my business. So it doesn't seem like work at all. It's just stuff I'm already interested in and putting it in one place. So I think that might be the trick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who it was that said that, but you, you know, you do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I think. Yeah, they're right. They really Dale Carnegie yeah. or somebody, but yeah. Now, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something he would say. Um, yeah. so we have, um, Phoenix shaving. When did you, uh, when, when I know this, that was kind of part of your evolution of, of what made you kind of get, think that that was your, your future. What made you think that that was, you know, making the shaving products and getting all that out? Honestly, it's just been, it's been a happy accident. If you would have told me, you know, 12 years ago, this is what I would be doing. I'd be like, no, you're crazy. Uh, so it's just, it's kind of like letting go and letting, I don't want to sound mystical or anything like that, but letting like just the forces at hand work to put you where you need to be. And because uh, I actually think that we're all geniuses at something. It's, and most of us leave our, live our lives without figuring out what that something is. But there's something that we're all good at. And when you can find out what that is, luckily enough, uh, you're going to be in the right place. Uh, and for me, it just happens to be soap making and male grooming products. Like I'm just really, really naturally good at it, I think. And, uh, and evidently a lot of other people do as well. But the only thing is, I mean, this is what happened is I got lucky. I was making these products for myself originally just because they didn't exist out there. Luckily enough, other people were also interested in the products. But I don't know if I could do this with anything else at the, with a passion that I'm doing this with. Uh, no, because you do love it. Uh, yeah. So yeah. You, I, I can't imagine. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I was looking on your website. I was wanting to see whether you had an alternative for what I use. I have this, um, and I hate to hawk a product that they're not paying me to hawk, but it's, uh, it's called Shave Secret. I don't know. It's just like a little oily type, type uh, stuff. Pre-shave oil? Yeah, it's like because so you can see the line. So you when you're when yeah. you're shaving around a beard, so it's like, but it smells like a, a, a mothballs and old ladies. I mean, it's really a, a terrible smell, and so it's like I have to use it before the shower so I can get all that stunk off. Right. Me. 
Yeah, I, I I don't really do pre-shave oils. I can't stand pre-shave oils, in fact, because they, they gunk up the razor. The hair sticks to the razor out of fact. Sometimes yeah. when it gets in the sink, you have to scrub the sink out after each yeah. you know shave. It's like I know, not I my know. thing. I do make pre-shave soaps, though, that um, that break down faster. I mean, they're water-soluble as opposed to like these oils. So I just find them to be better. And not, not only uh, better when it comes to lubricating before the lather, but also – they boost whatever lather you apply on top of that, whatever soap you apply on top of the pre-shave, it adds more, you know, volume to that. Okay. So it's got, and I also add menthol to it as well. So it can turn any shave soap or any shave into a cooling mentholated shave. So this just, I think there's more benefits to using another pre-shave product as opposed to just an oil. I'm not just not a fan. Yeah. Well, I have to, I have to make an order because I, you know, for a long, long time, um, I shaved everything and it's like, I got to the point to where I just shaved dry. I just, you know, I, well, not dry, yeah. but I would just wet. I would make sure it was yeah. hot water and, and it, cause I use the Gillette fusion five blade and, yeah. you know, just kind of do you, uh, speaking of that, I was thinking about this. I was going to ask you did, um, probably about 10 years ago, I was listening to, um, uh, Clark Howard. And I don't know if you're familiar with him at all, but he's like a guru for saving money and, um, you know. Oh, no, having, I don't know him. I yeah, know the he, other guy. What's the other guy? Uh, oh, uh, Dave Ramsey. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. Yeah. But Clark Howard is more of a like a consumer uh, person where he talks about, you know, how to save money on your car insurance and all that. It's all, it's all about saving oh, yeah, money. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a total millionaire and he doesn't have to worry about it. But anyway, uh, he was saying that he's used the same dual blade Bic razor for years. <laughs> I know. But he says what he does, the reason he does it, and, and this is, I, I actually have a point, <laughs> I have a point with this. He, he said the reason he does is because it's, it, he, um, he can wipe it off when he's done because the big thing is, is the, uh, the water will actually corrode the metal blades. So if you wipe it down and make it dry, it will last a long time. Personally, those two bladed big right out of the box to me would cut me like crazy. So I, I, I can never really use those. But. Yeah. And he's crazy. It's actually, it's not even the water oxidizing on there. It's, it's the propellants that I used in the goo in the can, the stuff that's used to get the goo out of the can onto your face is typically what's eating away at the edge of those oh, blades. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think that might be by design too. That's some form of like obsolescence when it comes to uh, the manufacturers. That's I genius can. if that's what they do. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, what, well, you should be drying your blade. The thing is you just don't want to reuse a blade so many times. Like that's where the, the skin damage comes from. Like you're inadvertently giving yourself sensitive skin. Most guys, nine out of 10 guys, whenever I speak anywhere, I always ask a raise of hands. How many people think they have sensitive skin? Almost all the hands in the house go up and it's like, this is impossible. We don't all have right. sensitive skin. It's just from years of using the wrong tools for the job. And these multi-blade razors have been just hurting us. Before they were invented, there was no such thing as ingrown hairs. I mean, there was, but there were no products to treat them because it wasn't like a frequent thing as it is now. That came with the introduction of multi-blade cartridges and multi-blade razors. You just need one blade because every time you drag a blade across your face, you're taking off a layer of skin. So with every pass with these multi-blade razors you're taking off loads of skin that it, it the hair is being cut too short it drops down below the skin where it's begging to be ingrown or just cause problems uh razor burn razor bumps these things would not exist if these razors didn't exist these one size fits all razors and that's where you know we turn to safety razors because you can finally customize the shave to your own unique face because there's hundreds of different safety razors out there even more blade brands soaps brushes so on and so forth so you can really fine tune find what what 
recipe, if you will, works for your face. And you couldn't do that with these cartridge razors. Yeah, I remember back 30 something years ago when I was in the, in the Air Force, I all all my black friends had these the a lot of yeah. the bad bumps, you know, the pseudofluculitis, yeah. I think was what it was exactly. called. That's and exactly. uh and so they they had a beard waiver. They could grow a beard because it was just irritating the crap out of their face. They were doing it to themselves. Because if you look back, especially like jazz musicians from the 1920s, 1930s, uh, African-Americans from that time, you don't see that. Because yeah. those guys were using safety razors back then. Or they were using straight razors. So it's like you did not see that. That came in the early 70s. That is so fascinating. I had no idea. And another that interesting thing. if. Another reason, like typically when people make changes in their life, it's not because of health. It's usually because they can save a few pennies. So you see a lot of people switching over to safe areas for the same reasons. And, uh, and it's, well, you know, it, it makes sense because whereas, you know, was it four, four uh, multi-blade razors for 20 bucks? Not that yeah. long ago for all these subscription companies, but uh, you can get a hundred DE blades for between nine to $15. That's why when you're telling me this guy, this millionaire or billionaires saving mm. his razor, you know, like these cost <laughs> pennies, you should only be using it for one or two or three shapes. You're doing yourself a favor when you toss these, I'll recycle them after the fact. Right. right. But uh, yeah. So I, for him, that's just, it's part of his daily re- regiment that he needs to get through for yeah. us that use safety razors. It's like green tea ceremony. It's relaxing. It feels awesome. It's time to ourselves with a hot shave, creating a hot lather. The brush is naturally exfoliating before companies were pushing all these exfoliating products on men. Like they do nowadays, yeah. the brush, the shave, those are the original exfoliators. Like you don't need all that other stuff. And uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's a whole different experience. And once you, again, as we were saying before the show, once you try this and experience this, you'll never go back to a cartridge and you will actually enjoy the shave for the first time in your life. In fact, the beard craze that we're currently seeing over the last 15 years now, it I'm willing to bet it comes out of people just hating to shave because they've been using inferior products for the job for such a long time without even knowing it that we've been sold a bill of goods. Interesting. You know, I, 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 when you when you said that, I don't think I've ever enjoyed shaving. It was just kind of like one of those things you had to do, sort of like exactly. flossing. Yeah, you know? brushing your teeth. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I, I always thought that that brush was just a, a way to apply. But you said that actually exfoliates and gets your skin more ready. Stimulates the skin. It's naturally exfoliating. So any particulates on your face or in the pores, whatnot, it's, that's the mm. best way to, to remove them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and, and hot lather for each pass. You know, with the goo in the can, it's like you put it on once, you drag the blade out, and then you're good, you rinse off and you're good to go. In traditional yeah. shaving, you do more than one pass and you create a hot lather. It's like there's something therapeutic about that that you don't get with these aerosol propellant run goo in the can items. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and they're really clogging do- up the land. They clog up the landfill after the fact too. Same thing with these plastic razors. They clog up the landfill. Where you could be using a safety razor that's metal. It's an heirloom piece. You can pass it down to your children and your children's children. In fact, you can go to eBay and find you know razors made seventy five years ago that will shave you as good today as they did when they came off the assembly line. Then uh, about a multi blade cartridge. You're, or you're selling me. You're selling me. <laughs> I, I, it's just I better for your face. It's better for the planet, and it's better for your wallet at the end of the day. So it's a no brainer. Right, right, and and that's kind of my specialty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I had something I was going to ask you about what you just said. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think as far as the the amount of passes you make, because um, for me, it's like you know, you go one with the grain, one against the grain, you're done. Uh, just because it, it lasts another day. Because I'm one of those people that only shave like one, two to three times a week. Um, oh. Just because I don't, you know, my my facial hair turned gray a while back, and it is really isn't all that noticeable. Um, but it, it, but it's, I think it was just kind of one of those 
I don't know. It's to enjoy it. You, when you said that, it kind of like blew my mind a little bit. Enjoy it. So I, yes. I, I think that's something that that you've got me intrigued now for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing in this hobby, this niche that I'm in, we have forums and groups where people do SOTDs or shaves of the day photos. And each day it's a different razor, vintage, modern, different blade brand, different soap, different brush. They take a photo of it and they post it online, you know, and it's like, it's just this whole culture around shaving and which is again if you would have told me 12 years ago this would be doing sounds crazy i'm on on youtube watching guys shave but (laughs) you get into it's it's really it's it's also like permission for guys to talk about stuff like this uh where back in the day you really it's just kind of sounded foo-foo or whatnot if you were like you know talking about your skin and you you just don't do that as guys but nowadays guys are doing that more and they're trading their secrets and everything else and uh it's really it's 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 just interesting to see yeah, yeah. You said that there's a, um, uh, you think there's a wet shave revival going on. Is a lot of it just people just being more aware of all this kind of stuff? Yeah, the word is definitely more of an awareness. Uh, thanks to you know companies like mine, uh, whatnot, been, been trying to spread the word for the last 20 years now. I mean, me personally, for the last 10, 12 years, but uh, it's you know, since the advent of the internet, really, the popularity of the internet in the late 90s, when where people started creating these, these forums and groups. Some came up around straight razor shaving. Some came up around safety razor shaving. Because, I mean, for you know, in that period in time, you couldn't find double-edged razors anymore, double-edged blades in the stores and whatnot. It wasn't – if the internet didn't happen when it did, these things might be gone forever. But now it's made these things accessible and available to us again. And good thing because it's just a far superior way of shaving. In fact, the only reason why uh, cartridge razors and multi-blade razors existed – or exist is not because they provide a better shave. There's no, no science behind it. It's because those companies in 1771, it was Wilkinson Sword and Gillette. They were running out of patents for their DE blades and their DE razors. So they needed to create something new. And when they did, they went from a multi-million dollar company to multi-billion dollar company overnight. So that's, wow. that's the, I call it the cartridge razor conspiracy. Um, that's where it all changed. It was always just motivated by money and sales. It had nothing to do with a better shave. If you want a better shave, it's about using one blade across your face rather than multi blades. Wow, that's it. so. If you decide to, uh, if someone decides to, like I will, uh, start this. I mean, tell us step by step what you do to prepare and and how you do all that. I know there's a there's sure. that that I saw your uh, tutorial, which is fascinating, by the way. It's really good, and we'll give all that information here at the end. Uh, but yeah. Tell us step-by-step step what you do. Well, you pretty much, um, well, you need a soap. Uh, a soap puck is what we call that, uh, typically in a jar. But you can also get them without a jar if you're more if you're looking for something a little more eco-friendly. But a long-lasting soap puck, uh, a brush, and a razor, a safety razor. I mean, you could go the straight razor route too, the cutthroats, but those take probably about 50 shaves to really get comfortable with using because there's a certain angle you need to know. And uh Whereas with a safety razor, it's a fixed angle. It's called a safety razor for a reason. Although a lot of people are scared of these things, they're called safety razors for that very reason. There's guards on them. And the, the blade's already at the angle for the most part that you need. But so you would take the soap. Uh, I like to add a little hot water to the top of it in a jar and let that sit for you know five minutes while I'm up in the shower. I hop out, uh, dump off that water, wet the brush, and whip up. Not a lather, but we call it loading the brush. So you're, you know rubbing the brush on the soap, figure eight, 
clockwise, doesn't really matter, but you're loading the brush with soap for probably about 10, 15 seconds. Then you move that brush over to your face or to a bowl and whip up lather, adding water as needed to build up that lather. And that takes a little bit of practice, but it's really intuitive. Um, you want it to be like a yogurty consistency. Okay. And then you would apply it to your face. Now, as I mentioned before, I use a pre-shave. You don't have to. As long as your face is wet and clean. I like the pre-shave just because it gets rid of, it degreases your face to a certain extent with all those natural oils that are on, on your face already. They can kind of add a little bit of drag to a shave to drag that blade across your face, those, sure. those oils. Uh, so using you know, washing your face first and wetting it is the best way to go or using a pre-shave, as I mentioned. Uh, but you would apply the lather uh, to your, your entire face and neck, whatever you're going to shave. I currently have a beard, so I would do the top and the, my neck with the lather. Um, and then I would go with the grain, take the razor, go with the grain um, for the first pass, then rinse and repeat. Rinse, re-lather, and then I would go across the grain, which might be to the right or the left. Mm. Um, once again, rinse and repeat when I'm done with that and go across the grain again the other way. And then if I want to, if I still feel it's necessary, I can go against the grain. Um, against the grain really gets a lot of bad press. And uh, that was never the case back in the day. That came with, again, with cartridge razors and multi-blade razors. Those are the ones that were going to give you problems if you go against the grain, shaving too close. Uh, whereas safety razors, since you're only using one blade, it's fine to go against the, the grain. So I say that for the last hmm. pass. Um, now, against the grain can also be different than what most people think. It doesn't necessarily mean going shaving up because the whiskers in your beard tend to grow in all different directions. Because, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's good to know which direction they're growing in and then hit that against the grain, whatever right. that may be for in your case. Um, and, you know, another uh, problem that a lot of guys have is they chase a baby butt smooth shave. A BBS shave is what we call that. Um and you don't necessarily want to do that. You end up hurting yourself a lot of the time doing that because you shave too close. Um, because during the shave, mm -hmm. the whiskers on your face have absorbed water, water about 80% of water that, you know, of, that you're applying to it. So they get fat and clunky and uh, they become perfect targets for the blade. But they can be deceptive in that because you're feeling, you know, you're, you're doing a touch-up pass now and you're feeling whiskers still there and you're like, I got to get those. So you go at it again. But the thing is, if you wait a half an hour, those are going to shrink back down and you're going to find out you actually have a really good shave. So don't ever chase a baby butt smooth shave when your face is wet or whatnot. It's the hair. It's it's just it's, it's trying to trick you into that. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the really no frills version of how to traditional shave. Uh, the more you do, you know, you'd also you would want to pick up a sampler pack of different blade brands and hang with a different brand a week for your shave and really find which blade works for you. It's kind of like, you know, back in the day when everyone was smoking, they had their own particular brand. Sure. Um, it's the same with, the, with uh, razor blades. You find a blade because they're not all created equal. You will find one that works better for your face than it does for other people. And the same thing go with the razor. Your favorite blade in one razor may not be your favorite blade in another razor. So you can mix those up too. But it's really, it's about experimenting. It's, I mean, I was a collector growing up. I collected stamps, coins, comics. So collecting vintage razors really wasn't a stretch for me. I enjoy it because not only are they beautiful, they're like pieces of art, but they're still useful. So um you can really get lost in that down this rabbit hole of collecting suddenly, but it's great because yeah. they're all uh, utilitarian tools. I mean, they're, they're works of art, they're form and function. So how many, uh, how many cuts do you get out of like one blade? You put maybe, maybe two or three, three, three. three. And I, I mean, I could push it to probably eight, 
but I, there's no need to. I get, these blades cost pennies yeah. and they're recyclable. So, I mean, I don't feel bad about that. You got to treat, don't push blades. People push blades. And it's like, as you mentioned before, people are dying from, well, people were dying a hundred years yeah. ago for the most part, a little over a hundred years ago. Actually, all throughout history, people have been dying from bad shaves. Uh, Walden Pond would have never been written if uh, Thoreau's brother didn't die from just that. He got an abscess on his face from a barbershop shave, ended up killing him. Uh, Thoreau and his depression went to Walden Pond and ended up writing that book. Uh, so good things, I guess, do come out of this. But uh, could, yeah. that's why we, we use um, uh, aftershaves. The whole reason why aftershaves were invented, that burning, ah! that you see yeah. you know that or feel that is uh because it's an antiseptic and it was it was necessary back in the day they weren't using them as much interesting interesting yeah i, I well you know I, I think that the reason people want to go back and and use blades longer than they should is because heck yeah for the gillette fusion stuff that i have it's like four blades are like 16 dollars yeah you know, four cartridges oh i know like, when I was oh in college, God. I would push those blades over and over, and they were like yeah. disease. There was like hair stuck to it, you know. Just like, <laughs> I, but I mean, that's I didn't know any better. Yeah. But now, you know, I'm, I, I I need. I've made it my mission to educate people. Like, no, you're hurting yourself. I was also giving myself sensitive skin. I thought I had sensitive skin for years, my entire life, and it turns yeah. out I didn't. I was just doing that to myself. When you switch over to uh, safety razors, suddenly your skin heals and regains equilibrium again and balance that it never had before. And you can find out that you're a lot tougher than you were. Actually thought you were interesting interesting and then there's the aftershaves there's the matching colognes so so there's this whole scent element this not only is it tactile but there's also this scent that you can really you know really enjoy find a scent that works for you and there's hundreds there's thousands out there so i mean it really is like it it's you know i i make scents that are throwbacks to scents from back in the day like from gillette or from old spice like the original stuff not the stuff they're selling now right. and it's so there's that nostalgic element it really and it's like the only time machine we get in this world is our nose. I think yeah. you know, that one sniff and you're back with dad, uh, you're back in the barbershop, you're back. So it's like, this, Absolutely. it's just a magical experience. It really is. It's nothing like what we were given growing up with the cartridge razors. Yeah. Interesting. You mentioned nose being, being, having such a memory. I remember yeah. um, they came back out with that strawberry essence suave shampoo. And my mother used to have that oh, when I was wow. probably I 10. I remember that. Yeah. 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 And you smell that and it takes you right back. You know, it's right like, back. wow, it's just so crazy. Yes. Now, now they have stuff that it's not super strong for the aftershave and everything, because I, I don't know about you, but I've passed people in escalators when I was working uh, at the, I worked at a brewery for 25 years, passing oh, yeah. people on the escalator or passing people in the hallway. And it's like, man, I don't know what they put on. It was polo or something. They put like a, a you know, a, <laughs> just yeah. too much of it. And it knocks well, you over. Guys, like, yeah. Some of those guys, I mean, you're at a brewery, so they were going out for the night, I guess, uh, on the town. So they probably had it in their glove box and they were spraying themselves <laughs> up because that can happen. I mean, you become desensitized too. Yeah. So, I mean, it may be still potent, still going strong on you, but you can't smell it anymore. So right. you add more. It's like, it's always best to ask someone next to you, like, do you still smell my cologne? So before you <laughs> apply more, because my nose is only good for the first hour I'm at the lab. After that, it's gone for the day. So I have to get everything important I need to get done in that first hour. Otherwise, I can't smell it. And people are like, well, what about smelling coffee beans? That works if you don't do this for a living. If you're going by a candle in a candle shop, whatnot, yeah, you can, you can go from... Uh, Candle to candle and cleanse your palate with a little whiff of ca coffee. I'm in a room filled with this stuff all day long. So it's like, it's gone. Oh I can't even imagine. Yeah. I remember when my son was in high school and he was trying to attract girls, the whole thing. And, and, you know, I told oh, yeah. him, don't put too much on. He had this Axe body spray and I could oh, hear man. him up the hall going, psh, 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 
Yeah. I'm like going, you're killing me. And it's like, yeah. but you know, and he would leave for the, for the evening. And it's like the whole house stuck. I couldn't yes. stand it. Yeah. No, I hear that. My nose is very, very sensitive with that, but I'm sure that after about an hour, like you said, once you put it on, my wife bought me a, a thing of obsession, uh, uh-huh. 15 years ago, the bottle is still half full. Yeah. I hardly ever use it. I'm just not one of those, you know, cause. Or it's not your scent. You know, it's, it's really yeah. like, um, there's a, you can really trick yourself too. Like if there's a scent that you want to wear, but you just doesn't agree with you, wear it to a special occasion, like a wedding or somewhere, you know, you're going to have a good time. And then forever after you'll associate that scent with that moment. It takes on a whole new life to you. If that's what you want to do, or it's really about just finding the scent that works for you because there's a scent for everybody out there, unless you have real sensitivity, but I haven't found someone that has a really true sensitivity. I just found that they haven't found what works for them yet. There's just stuff that will jive with your DNA. Because yeah. your body chemistry is a huge part of the scent. As a perfumist, there's one ingredient that I don't know. It's the mystery ingredient, and that's you. That's your body chemistry. So it's going to smell different on me than it does on you. Yeah. So don't and let and reviews are tough sometimes because yeah. again, it's that unknown it's, element. That, it's all subjective. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I always just wonder though. I think part of it is that I've been around so many people that have just overdone the whole cologne thing, that's and I don't true. want to be that guy. You yeah. know. I don't want to walk by him and go, people go, oh gosh. And so, yeah. Yeah. No, you can see that. You can see that visually happening in the last 10 years with men with mustache wax. They don't know how to use it. They've been watching like these competitions on TV where it's more eccentric than what it's supposed to be. These guys are trying to win competitions. So they're doing these crazy designs. So you see guys walking on the street with like these insectoid looking mustache, <laughs> like finally, like, like it looks hard as electricity a rock. to go. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. not the way to wear mustache wax. They're overdoing it without even realizing it. So it's like, you know, forgive them for that. They know not what they do when it comes <laughs> to mustache wax or perfuming. I mean, it really, we just weren't taught. And again, this is the first time in history, I think, and you know, unless you go back to 17th century France, where men can talk about colognes, EDPs, mustache waxes. Like it's just we haven't having these conversations before. So a lot of us are going to get it wrong the first time we try it because we're, yeah. we also don't like to ask for instruction either, as guys. So oh, YouTube no. has been a blessing for most of us, and that's why I try to hang out there to educate folks the proper way of doing these things. <laughs> that's great. I, I've only watched one of your episodes as far as the, uh, the the I'd rather be shaving, but it's but it's fun. I mean, it's not it's not just this instructional video. Him and his partner kind of go through uh, a lot of. It's just fun. It's just it, yeah, but you learn something along the way which is the best the combination it's yeah. like uh, american pickers meets wayne's world meets uh antique <laughs> Meet- road shows somewhere in the desert it really meets the office yeah 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 it's really it's 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 funny but it's also there's a lot of history there too you probably yeah. saw one of the more recent ones but i saw the last had- one i think you made before okay COVID. Yeah. yeah we have three seasons and like there's just so many different ones i mean there's some where we do spoof episodes like america we do a, a, our version of american Pickers. So where we take the show on the road and we're checking out oh, antique okay. shops for vintage shaving gear. And, you know, so, I mean, like we do a bunch of different things where we can, but we try to keep it, you know, and it's our generation. We make a lot of inside jokes that only us older guys would get. Sure, but, uh, sure. but luckily I think it's like Bullwinkle in that regard, regard where the children get it or they enjoy it, but there's stuff for the adults in there too, that they, you know, over Absolutely. their head. And I think it's the same thing. I, I don't know sure. if you ever watched uh, Animaniacs. It was that it, my, my son would love yes. that. And it would make yes. Nixon references and stuff. And it was like, Right. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. it kept all of us sitting there. Yeah. Exactly. And I think Bullwinkle yeah. was the first one to really do yeah, I think that so too. right back in the day. But I, we were so young at that point that we didn't understand the references. Yeah. For well, yeah. And I go back and I watch yeah. it now. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's FDR. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, now um, 
the Dollar Shave Club and Harry's, they're very, very cheap uh, oh, yeah. money-wise. Are they yeah. even that less than <laughs> Are they less than the Gillette and all that stuff? Well, Gillette is now competing with Harry's and Dollar Shave Club. So they have their own club, I think. I think. I don't really oh, follow what's going on. I don't My whole argument with all of that is, is what's the point? If you're, I mean, yeah, sure, you're saving money, but you're also still using inferior products for the job. Right. You right. can't use a one-size-fits-all solution when everyone has such different, unique skin type, hair right. type, whisker quality. You know, everyone's whiskers growing in a different direction. It's, it's just, it's different with different gauges of whiskers you can't use the same tool on everybody's face you can't right. use the same glue can you have to fine-tune the shave to your unique face and that's going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of energy uh luckily not that much money again you can buy vintage razors on ebay still and experiment with those but yeah so i mean yeah you're saving a few bucks through these subscription services but you're still you you're still hurting yourself at the end of the day yeah yeah. So you've got a lot of stuff on your website with, with a lot of uh, beginner kits and everything. So yes. let's say, because I, I want to start doing this myself. Where, where would you push somebody to, to what would be their basic starter pack? I, you know, I would say pick up one of our starter kits. It's in the menu. Uh, we have a few different, the only thing different about all the starter kits we offer currently is just the fragrances. Okay. Um, so we also have a scent chart in the menu too, where you can kind of read the different scents and like see what what you might like. And then we offer all of our scents as aftershave cologne sample vials. So we have up close okay. to 70 different scents right now. So you can grab a handful of these, get them home, and then wear them. That's another mistake that people right. make is they don't wear the, the aftershave samples. They just smell it out of the vial and go, I don't like that. You have to wear it because a, a perfume... We'll call it a perfume because that's pretty much what aftershaves are or colognes are. Um, they have a life of their own out of the bottle. It's not going to smell the same as it does in the bottle because, again, your body chemistry is so huge. And your body chemistry comes from your diet, from so many different things, the weather. Everything changes your body chemistry and everything so that will change the scent. And a scent has a dry down period too. Um, scents are made up of top notes, middle notes, and base notes. The top notes are usually citrusy. They burn off first. And then you're left with the middle notes and the base notes and the middle notes the second ago, then you're left with that base note. So you need to experience the life of a scent by wearing it throughout the course of the day. And you may find that something that was jarring at the beginning of the day, you actually can, can't live without by the you know, end of the day. So people need to live with a scent to really, but your nose kind of gets used to your nose kind of gets used to it. So you're going to have to ask your wife or somebody too. Well, right? kind of, kind of, it, it depends when you're first wearing a scent, as these different fragrances, it's like a three-act play, you know, where different characters come and go and take the story to different places. It's the same thing with scent. It'll change during the course of the day. And since that's happening, your nose isn't becoming desensitized at first to it because it's it's new to it. In right. fact, a lot of scents for the first time, you'll relate, it's relative. So it's like, oh, that smells like chocolate cake or that smells like gum. Two people like a guy's like, oh, that smells like, you know, juicy fruit. It's like, well, that's your only experience with scent. That's your palate. That's right. what you're working with. That's what you, you know, what you can relate this to. But as you grow and uh, learn more sense or experience more sense, your palate tends to grow what you relate it to. So no longer does it smell like juicy fruit. It actually smells like Chanel or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever you're working with when it comes to experience. Um, but yeah, the first few times you wear a scent, your body is, so you might not like it that first time because it's the first time uh, those chemicals are hitting your nose. Hmm. But if you return to it the next day or a week from then, now your nose has um, processed it. 
your brain has processed these scents, so it has a different opinion of it. So the second time you get checked, you, you experience more, you experience it differently. Maybe you appreciate it more, maybe you don't. But mm. we often just go by that first impression when it comes to fragrances, and we're doing ourselves a disservice, especially if we're not wearing it or using them. That's interesting. Because I don't think I'm very sophisticated as far as my palate. I don't think I, I, I can really decipher a lot of that stuff. I know that, um, and you may not know the answer to this, but probably about 10 years ago, I started taking a couple of shots of apple cider vinegar every day. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I don't think that it comes through my pores, but I haven't had I've had two mosquito bites in 10 years and I'm in the South yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. like we, I was, uh, I was weed eating. It was probably about six years ago and i found yellow jackets came out of the ground oh and they had God, gotten my wife about, um, about a month earlier and she had like about 70 bites all over. Her. So I remember seeing these guys, I'm like going, well, I'm sunk now and they buzzed mm-hmm. all around me, but they never stung me. Interesting. It's interesting because- it is. I'm trying to think how your body metabolizes vinegar. I think it does process through the skin, like like garlic does. It's got to, so, yeah. And in that thing, you know, so you bring up a really good point. So that will affect how a cologne wears on your body because now yeah. it's it's mixing and mingling with either garlic or, or whatever's in your diet that's being right. metabolized through your skin. So people, you know, people that try to scent maybe in the summertime and didn't like it might want to try it again in the wintertime where the temperature is different. Their diet could be different if they're exactly. eating more, you know, seasonably. So we don't think like that. That's a very sophisticated way of thinking about scents and how you interact with it or how it interacts with you. And we often just take it at face value and that's the worst you can possibly do. That's, uh, that's just, that's fascinating. I, I'd never really <laughs> thought about all that. So if, uh, if somebody wants to get started, what, uh, where would you point them first off? Uh, well, I would point them first to my video, uh, a tutorial, howtowetshave.com. Um, and that'll take you to my channel where I have a lot of tips, tricks, and hacks. It's douglasmythechannel.com. But howtowetshave.com will be there. And please subscribe if you do get there. But um, And then go to, you know, well, I mean, there's lots of different companies right now. We've been doing it longer than most. Um, so we have the experience there. And it is my passion. So I highly recommend you go to my site. But there's others out there. I don't want to force your hand in the oh, matter, of course, but phoenixshaving.com. So phoenixshaving.com will get you up and going. We have starter kits. We also have a, a little chat box on there and I'm the guy. It's not a robot. I'm the guy behind that chat box. No matter where I am, it hits me right on my phone. I'll be on the <laughs> side of the road or I'll be up at three o'clock in the morning chatting with sometime, someone sometimes. This is my passion. <laughs> so I love to do this. And I love to see noobs when it comes to wet shaving, because it's really, yeah. it's like, it's such a magical place to be because it really is the beginning of a rabbit hole. Once you do it, it's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, pick up a starter kit. Um, I will guide you through that or, and also grab sample packs of blades. You really need to try okay. as many blades as you really need to try it all is what it all comes down to find what works for you. If you don't like it the first time you did it, chances are it's just, you got to find another razor. you got to find a different blade, but once you do, once you hone that in, it's magical. It really is. You're going to look forward to the daily shave. You're going to wish you could shave more. I hear, I hear that a lot. <laughs> really do. That, that makes no sense to me, but I, I'm looking I forward to that. Well, you know, I, I've been on, I've been, I've done like um, style uh, conferences and whatnot where I've go. And I try to, it's tough because these guys are dressed in suits and whatnot. They're like really about style, personal style, but their face is a mess. And it's yeah. like, you guys, like your face is just an extension of your personal style. Like, and you're forgetting that part. Like when you go for a job interview, yeah, you may be wearing a nice suit, but they're looking up here too. They're looking at your neck, like what condition that's in. Like, so you need to, I mean, think about this area as well. That's, it's such a huge thing, especially when it comes to health. When people talk about health, they talk about drinking vitamins, you know, uh, vinegar, doing yoga, but they also, but they never talk about dental work. 
This is the first place too. You're going to realize that if they don't think about dentistry as a form of health, it's the same thing with shaving. As I said, uh, people are, you said people are dying or have been dying in the past because of poor shaving habits. Uh, so it's just an extension of that. When you get all this dialed in, it's, it's just part of the bigger picture, which is your body yeah. as a whole. That is, that is just, it, and that's kind of what sets you apart from the other shaving sites out there. Seemingly it's like, first of all, it's your passion for this stuff. This is not just a hobby that you're doing to make money on the side. This is your, this is yeah. your life. Yeah. It's my baby. Uh, <laughs> I really, I, I, I can talk about this. I couldn't do anything else. Uh, and I think this is more of a, a holistic, um, approach to yeah. something that we all have to do. Yeah. No, that's uh, I'm I'm fascinated. I'm hooked. Uh, you'll get be getting an order from me probably this week. <laughs> that was easy. I should sell yeah. cars. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> it took you half an hour, but you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's phoenixshaving.com. You can go to uh, his uh, his uh, YouTube channel, which is again. Uh, what was the one you just told me about? The uh, There's, not the uh, I'd rather be shaving. The other one. Uh, how to wet shave.com how to wet shave.com that's which is it's actually the channel is douglas smythe channel.com okay. my name channel.com but uh yeah please subscribe to any one of those i'd rather be shaving.com i'd rather be shaving will really it's the goal was to create something like car talk and i'm sure a lot of your audience remembers car talk it's probably yeah, still yeah. on and whether you know anything about cars or not you still listen to that show because those guys are hysterical and you're learning history. You're learning these yeah. different facts and trivia. Uh, we're, we try to be like that where you may not be interested in shaving at all. You may be a woman listening to this and you could care less, but uh, we try to make it really entertaining, really historical and just, uh, you know, there's something for everybody. I think in our show. Ed, that kind of reminds me of something I was going to ask you is like, have you ever gotten okay. women by this stuff for their legs to, uh, to kind oh, of yeah. do this? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because women are working with more surface area than us, actually. Absolutely. So yeah. No one, no one appreciates a good shave more. And when you use a, if you're a lady listening, when you use a, a safety razor, you often don't have to shave as much because you're getting closer shave, a healthier, closer shave. So you can skip days if you want to. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Every day or every other day. Yeah. yeah. It really, it's the better way. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> this has been, this has been enlightening Douglas. I appreciate you coming on and, uh, definitely again, it is phoenixshaving.com and, uh, and yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. You almost be overwhelmed, but look, look at some of those, uh, those, <laughs> those kits. There's a but lot of stuff free. on there. Email me, anyone who's listening, you, you can email me Douglas Smythe at phoenixshaving.com or Douglas at phoenixshaving.com. You can find me through the chat. You can find me through the contact on our site. Uh, I'm always happy to help where I can. That's awesome. And, and, uh, go ahead and, uh, chat room him at three in the morning because he seems to not mind that at all. <laughs> yeah, I'll be up. <laughs> <laughs> it's Douglas un underscore Smythe at Twitter and Phoenix underscore shaving and Instagram. So, uh, and I've, I've, I think I've followed both of those myself. The, uh, Excellent. Douglas, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. I have a great day and, uh, Thank we'll you have man. you on Thank again. You. you have, you start doing your, uh, your show again. I want, I want to get both of you and your partner on. Uh, because I have oh, a feeling that yeah. I probably won't even speak because you guys really have a band. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that is uh, something else. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. We will, uh, we will talk to you again soon. I'm sure. Awesome. Take care, right. Mike. Thank you for listening to AM Coffee. Available everywhere you get your podcasts. For more information and archive shows, the website is amcoffee.us. If you'd like to email us, it's amcoffeepodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.